Hey everybody, this is John. Welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker. I know it's been several weeks since we've gotten you any new content, but I'm excited to be able to offer this conversation with you. I got to talk with Josh Byers and Tim Challies about their new book, A Visual Theology Guide to the Bible. It's a very helpful resource that we would recommend. Um, I enjoyed my conversation with them, getting them to talk about some of their uh, inspiration for the book and how the book came about and how the visuals came about, all of that good stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this. We'll have another uh, couple of episodes too. As you know, we've got our summer conference season at RYM, so there's going to be a lot of travel, but be checking back here every now and then. Uh, we should have something for you. Here's my conversation with Josh and Tim. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, today, Josh Byers and Tim Challies are joining me to discuss their newest book, A Visual Theology Guide to the Bible, Seeing and Knowing God's Word. That's published through Zondervan. Uh, Josh and Tim, why, why don't you tell us where you are joining us from, as well as uh, a brief bio. Um, Josh, let, let's start with you. Okay. Um, I am living right now in uh, Altoona, Iowa, a little suburb of Des Moines, which is, uh, you know, how many people know where Des Moines is anyway, but uh, <laughs> right in the middle of the, of the U.S. here. And um, uh, I have a family that's uh, uh, raising. We just moved out to the country, and so we're, uh, we're kind of getting used to, uh, to country life a little bit as well. But uh, I have a wife. We just celebrated our 18th anniversary. Um, her name's Mickey, wonderful beautiful um and we got four amazing kids as well that range in age from five to 15 so we're very busy um but uh it's a great life and and god has uh has blessed us so i've i've been in iowa here for um my now a little over 20 years i grew up in uh, colorado originally all my family's still back there um but uh been doing graphic design web development art marketing um I've been a pastor at a church as well, communications for a number of years. I did student ministry as well for about 15 years. Um, so I've kind of blended all of those things together, uh, these last couple with uh, visual theology and a couple books that we've uh, we've done and all the resources that we're putting out. So uh, it's been an amazing journey that God has, has taken me specifically on, and I'm looking forward to, to where he's going to take me in the next few years as well. Uh, yeah, I'm Tim, I'm based in Oakville, Ontario, Canada, just outside Toronto, which most people have heard of, uh, far more than have heard of Oakville. I'm married to Aileen. We've been married for 21 years, and we've got three kids between 13 and 19. Josh said his kids were amazing. I'd say mine are just kind of average, <laughs> maybe slightly below average. Um, we'll, we'll make sure know. they don't tune into this podcast, uh, just for the Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's happen is they get uh, older. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I am a writer by trade, do that full time, write some books, write some blogs, and uh, also am an elder and I guess pastor at Grace Fellowship Church here in Toronto. And, and yeah, those who are familiar with, with RYM, Josh also helped produce uh, the Student Discipleship Guide. Uh, that's something that Many may be familiar with. You can access that at rym.org, and there's a ministry tools uh, tab and our resources uh, drop down. So, uh, yeah, Josh, thanks for your your help and work on that. Um, yeah, yeah, and and those who listen to the podcast know that uh, we bring authors on uh, from time to time to discuss 
books that we think could be helpful in the area of youth and family ministry. Uh, A Visual Theology Guide to the Bible definitely fits that category of helpful resources for discipleship. But but before we jump into a more focused discussion on the book, let's hear just a bit more about the two of you. Uh, we, we've wrapped up our third season of this podcast, and that was focused on people's stories. So I wanted to just hear a bit more about each of you and your story that, that'll lead us into this uh, discussion. So w- would you both just briefly share how you got into ministry? You know, Tim, how, how did you get into blogging and speaking? I mean, the, the two of you both, I think, spoke at the Gospel Coalition this this past uh, April is that right? The two of you both were speaking there. Yep. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And then yep. getting into writing books. So could you just share a little bit about your story? How how that happened? How you got into ministry? Sure. Yeah. So I decided to start a blog back in two thousand two or so. Um, just decided to do some writing. My family had moved to the states, and I wanted to share the occasional article with them, things that were on my mind, and started writing. Uh, that's why it's Charlie's dot com was supposed to be a site by and for my family. And as I started writing, I think or I started writing about questions other people were having at the same time. This was kind of at the beginning of this uh, new resurgence of Reformed theology, and I was starting to work through some of the issues related to being in a non-Reformed church, but grasping Reformed theology, and I think other people started to identify with that and, and read along. And um, so that's sort of how I became a little bit known on the uh, Christian scene. And then around that same time, we moved churches into a, a local Baptist church. And after a few years of being at the church and just being members of the church, they'd ask, they asked me if I would become an elder. Uh, so I became an elder at the church and then very quickly became one of the full-time pastors as we sent out a church plan. So that's sort of the path from um, both the public, more public side and then also the local church side. Yeah, for me, um, the the journey you know started. I went to um, to Bible college out here in Iowa. That's actually how I ended up in Iowa. Um, and my plan had really just been to come out here for a year. Uh, my parents wanted me to do a year of Bible college, and um, and then I was going to go back to Colorado and uh, continue uh, study in pursuit of music. Actually, um, but while I was out here. Um, you know, God basically called me to ministry. And, uh, and so I ended up getting a, a four year degree, went to seminary as well, um, out here in Iowa. Um, and, uh, after that, you know, really started looking for where God would, would have me. Um, I always thought that direction was going to be somehow in student ministry. Um, that's what I gravitated towards. That's where I had served all through, um, the years that I was I was in college and seminary, and I just I loved working with students, um, and so I was still very active in the church that I was going to. But I was also looking for full time ministry as well. Um, it was really interesting, um, kind of the journey that God took us on because we uh, went and I candidated at several churches. Um, there was a couple churches that called us to come, and uh, we didn't feel that that's where God had us. There was a couple churches where we thought that that's where we were going to go, and. Um, and it, it didn't work out the, for the church uh, to have us to come. And so for, for a little bit, we were just kind of left in, in a little bit of limbo, kind of saying, okay, I know I'm called to ministry, but I don't know exactly where, where I'm going to end up at. And it was very shortly after that that uh, the church that, uh, that we had been, we were members at, um, we were married in uh, here in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, Sailorville Church, um, decided they were going to start planting churches. 
and the very first church that they were going to plant was in the town where we were living at the time. And so, you know, it became very clear to us that that's where God was going to have us serve. And so we were able to be a part of this church plant, uh, you know, from the, from day one um, and, and build that up. Um, I led the student ministry the entire time that we were there. So it was, it was an amazing experience basically from day one that we were able to join in and help build this church and see God uh, use it. And, you know, looking back on it in hindsight, <clears throat> it was very obvious that God had a lot of work to do on, on me and my family. Um, and, you know, I, I think that that was a real blessing that we didn't immediately jump into a church, um, but we had the opportunity then to help plant this church and to build it and uh, to kind of learn and grow. Um, and so uh, we did that for about seven or eight years. And then, um, you know, God called me uh, to a church here in Des Moines where uh, I've been serving uh, for the last six years or so um, as their, uh, you know, as a pastor of communications and connections and and uh, did a lot of those types of things. Um, so, but all along the way, God has been, uh, you know, using the the passions and gifts that uh, that he's given me. So I was, while I was in student ministry, um, you know, I was uh, not paid by the church plant. Um, but so my other job that I had outside was uh, graphic design, web development, marketing, those types of things. And I would always integrate the two together. So in my student ministry, I'd always bring the design aspects and I would use uh, design to teach theology and to teach, um, you know, the, the stories of the Bible. And, um, you know, it just kind of came along. And uh, as, as you know, the internet grew, um, uh, the advent of infographics kind of came along and I uh, maybe jumping ahead just a little bit here, but mm-hmm. this then ties in with, with the story that Tim and I have where he started publishing uh, visual theology graphics on his blog. And I saw that and said, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time as well. Contacted Tim said, Hey, I've got some of this stuff. Uh, are you interested in looking at it? Maybe publishing some of it? He said, yes. And uh, the rest, as you might say, is history. Um, we started collaborating um, on several graphics. The Books of the Bible graphic was the very first one that we did together. Um, and uh, then God has just continued to bless that. People responded, um, wanted more. And uh, so we continued to, uh, to put out more and more. And that's kind of how the ministry of visual theology has, has grown into what it is, what it is today. Mm-hmm. So it's been an exciting journey, and God has, God has blessed it. And uh, it's been it's been neat to look back and see those milestones and those markers and how he's directed and you know you never know exactly at the time um, you know maybe where that next door is going to open or why this one opened up or why this one closed but it's so cool to look back and to see the hand of God in all of those things uh, leading up to today. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I was uh, twelve and a half years in student ministry at a church and and used I mean several of y'all's. Uh, the posters that the two of you have worked on together, and I can specifically remember the the poster of the Trinity and kind of walking students through that and teaching um, through that. But to, to back up just a little bit on, on your story, Josh, and student ministry and how you started integrating the two of those, do you still have some of those first graphics that you uh, put together for students? I mean, did you have series of kind of... Uh, books of the Bible that you were working through or theological themes that you were working through with students? You know, it was interesting, um, you know, not exactly in the form that we have today. Um, you know, more what I what I would do for them is uh, PowerPoint and handouts. And so there was a lot of iconography and things like that and, and a lot of the connecting. Um, the 
the form that we're really doing the graphics in today kind of as a single one-off where we're teaching that has kind of evolved over time um and has kind of become what it is today but yeah i still you know to answer your question yes i still have all of those things on computers and hard drives <laughs> somewhere um you know uh, back in the day it'd be fun to try and pull some of those up you know and and, and just to kind of see how far how far we've come because it, it is interesting you know not not only have you know you know do you grow in areas of ministry but you know you grow in other areas as well so uh in design and in philosophy and obviously in theology um you know I remember when I first started out in student ministry, um, you know, there was there was a lot of, you know, theological things that uh, that I may have had some good ideas on that I would look back on now and say, ah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> yeah. So some of those some of those early graphics we might just you know leave on those hard drives <laughs> and uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll let them rest and maybe their heresy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I, I share that with you as well. I mean, there are those. I think of some of the earlier Sunday school classes that I taught were small groups and I'm so thankful that they're not recorded and that I just yeah, cr- exactly. cr- yep. cringe wondering what, what it was that I communicated or, or miscommunicated. Um, well, well, I definitely did. I, I wanted to zoom in and was going to ask about the, the story of how the two of you guys met. And, and just to clarify, did you say, Tim, you had already done some visual theology prior to meeting Josh and then the two of you began to dialogue. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I had come up with the name and the, well, the idea and then went looking for a name and then just went looking for designers. So I don't have the design chops to do it myself, but definitely wanted to work on visually portraying theological truth and doing that really as part of my own theological journey and conclusions and then just trying to help other people as well. And just understanding that a lot of people are learning now through visual languages. So Mm -hmm. I hired different people sort of on a one-off basis, threw it out there publicly, who wants to help me with this? And I had some mixed results, as happens when you use different designers of different skill levels and all that. Um, And as as I recall, essentially, Josh has got in touch one day and said, hey, I can do this better than they, so why don't we work together? (laughs) And basically just grew out from there. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think he could do it better than most of them, and it it worked out well. Yeah, yeah, I would echo that. I mean, I didn't, you know, I don't see the drafts of the other <laughs> other graphic designers, but from what you guys have worked on together, it's it's excellent. And and so, how, how did you go from okay having some blog posts, getting some things out on your blog to to a book, uh, and now you know two books that the two of you have, have worked on together? Uh, was that kind of always initially just a, a discussion on the back burner, um, or did y'all hear from you know some readers encouraging you guys to do that? How did that happen? If you can prove an idea that people are going to be interested in it, and uh, blogs are a great way of testing ideas, whether that's visual theology or whether that's just certain themes you'd like to write about, if you can prove people will go for it. It won't be hard to get a book contract on that same theme. So that's essentially what happened is we saw there was interest in it, and we could prove that to a publisher. So then, of course, a publisher was quite willing to take it on. Um, then it just came down to what the theme would be and um, and how the book would combine with the graphics. But yeah, I think it really the, the blog series in many ways a minor leagues for the publishing world. Uh, it allows them to reduce their risk by seeing which ideas people will go for, uh, getting provable results. And then it allows authors or designers like ourselves to be able to try ideas and uh, make sure they're worth really investing a lot more time in to actually make a book out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it was interesting um, we never, I think, be you know, as we started out, I don't think we'd ever really talked about doing a, a book. Maybe maybe we had at some point, 
Um, one of the ideas that I had in my mind specifically that I thought would work well is, you know, basically for a coffee table book, um, you know, of just graphics that people could could have, um, you know, they wouldn't have to have their computer open. And if I remember correctly, I actually approached him with that. I said, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, I'd love to do maybe like a coffee table book about this stuff. Is there, you know, any advice that you would have or anything like that? What, what are your thoughts? And um, I think he came back to me pretty you know, almost right away and said, well, it's interesting you say that it's because I've got this contract that I have to fulfill. Let's, let's talk to the publisher and see if they'd go for this. We think we've proven the concept. And so I think that was just another one of those timing aspects that God had really worked out, mm-hmm. um, where we had worked together. We had, um, I don't remember exactly how many graphics at that point we had done together, but, um, you know, we'd kind of proved that we could work together, um, well, and that the distance between us didn't really matter. Um, and then also, yeah, we, we were able to prove the concept to the public and, uh, you know, they were wanting more and more and more. And so I think at that time it was, you know, the, the, the timing was right, uh, to try and do a book and, uh, people responded you know, very well, uh, to that first book. So mm. it was, it was, again, it's neat to look back and see, I think God's hand in directing that as well. Sure. Yeah, and and as I said, the book is a visual theology guide to the Bible through Zondervan, and in many ways, you know, this book is just like any other book. It has words, and you read from from left to right. But uh, those who have seen visual theology, whether it's through the blog or the previous book, know that it's unique, given you know the ways in which you use graphics and visuals. And so, when you find yourself talking to somebody and saying the word visual theology, and uh, they get a puzzled look on their face, how, how do you describe this book to people when you talk about visual theology? I think one of the ideologies we wanted to, or um, I think one of the ideas we wanted to communicate from the very beginning is that we want the words to, to be powerful, but really we want the images to teach truth. And the mark of a good graphic would be, or the best graphics would be that the longer you study it, the more truth you can find in it. And so you can look at it at a glance, get something, but the more you ponder it, the more its meaning will become clear. So, um, yeah, Josh probably has more to say on that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when, when people, when, when you say the term visual theology, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I think people get it, um, especially if there's a graphic in front of them. You know, it just, um, it just it's immediate to them. Oh, yeah, you're, you're trying to teach theology through visuals. Um, and I think that's, that's really what it is. Um, you know, every single person and, and, you know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, whenever people see these graphics, you know, they'll say to me, you know what, I'm a visual learner and, you know, these really speak to me. And there is not one person that I've ever met that says that they're not a visual learner. Um, you know, there, some people may gravitate toward more one or the other, but mm-hmm. every single person is a visual learner. Um, specifically the reason, cause that's how God designed us. We were, we were designed to learn visually. Um, and if you look all throughout scripture, uh, God has used visuals over and over and over again to communicate to his people. And so we were designed that way from the very beginning. So it's no uh, coincidence that people gravitate towards visuals to learn. And so, um, you know, what we want to do is we want to take that aspect and, and really use it to teach the most important story, uh, the story of Jesus, the story of how God is relating to and communicating with, with mankind. Um, and then even more so today, when the image has become an end-all, 
um, where you know people are staring at you know screens mm-hmm. for multiple hours of the day. Uh, you know, if we can put images in front of them that actually teach um, and that don't allow them to just mindlessly escape, uh, I think that's all the better. So um, I, I think both of us would agree that you know the idea of teaching through visuals has always been important. But maybe even today, it's even more important um, in in some ways because the, the this is how the culture is being groomed to now learn. Hmm. No, that's that's interesting. And, and Josh, I don't I don't know if you can uh, you know walk us through this, but but I'm thinking of okay, as you work on a book, you think of an author. Okay, they come up with an outline. Typically, they they develop a thesis. Can you walk us through some of the process of? your work on this book, I mean, how you have, you know, the Lord's obviously giving you a visual mind. And so how do you, when you take a concept of, you know, the Trinity or whatever it is, and you begin to work out those graphics, can you walk us through some of that? Yeah. Um, you know, for it's, it's interesting because, you know, as there's a difference between, I think, trying to do a single graphic and then obviously a book as a whole, um, you know, the, the book as a whole, you know, you know, you kind of come up with an idea of what you want to communicate, and then you kind of you can piece it together from there. Sometimes that idea will change. Uh, in the first book, I think we went through several iterations of what we wanted to to try and communicate. Uh, th- this book here, a Visual Theology Guide to the Bible, I th- was pretty straightforward from the very beginning, um, and I think we wanted to really take the Bible as a whole, um, and you know, first of all explain what it is. Um, you know, I, I basically like to say that we're answering just a few questions here. We're answering the question, what is the Bible? We're answering the question, can I trust it? How do I study it? And then what's it all about? Um, so we answer those first three questions, you know, where did it come from? What is it? Uh, you know, can I trust it? How do I study it? And then what we do in this book is we go through the entire thing and we lay it out. Uh, we go from Genesis to Revelation and we kind of give you snapshots of the story as a whole but then in those snapshots, we want to show you that Jesus is the hero the entire way through. And so that was really kind of the main goal of this particular book. Um, and that was actually fairly clear, I think, from the, from the beginning. So knowing that, uh, I mean, I think the, the process of trying to figure out what was going to be in it uh, a little bit easier. Um, so we started with some of the more apologetic type stuff. You know, can I trust the Bible exactly? What is it? Um, you know, and those things are fairly easy, um, I, I think, to come up with. But you know, then at that point, I just start to approach, you know, each, each topic, um, you know, kind of as, as its own. And, uh, we take the concepts that we're trying to, to teach and, um, you know, it's, it's different for every single graphic, honestly. Um, but some of them come quickly, some of them don't, uh, you know, the, the process really is just trying to think through what information do we want to communicate? Mm-hmm. And so the information is key. The content is always the key because, um, you know, I, I can do abstract art, but abstract art is not the best teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's in fact, it's a very poor teacher in a lot of ways. Um, so even though some of our graphics do have abstract elements to them and there's symbolism that is not readily apparent, um, my goal is that I always want the meaning to be very apparent, at least on the surface. Um, and then like Tim said previously, the more you dive in, the deeper you study, then other things will start to reveal themselves. So my process typically is, okay, we have a main truth that we're trying to communicate. 
how can I communicate that main truth? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can then we can dive deeper um, into that. So specifically, I'll just give you one example. Um, as we were going through uh, the Old Testament uh, section of the Bible, um, there was a portion in uh, the major prophets, and I wanted to talk about uh, again trying to point to Jesus um, in the Old Testament. And so, obviously, one of the best ways you can do that is to point to all the prophecies that uh, that are, were given about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the overall goal of of one of the graphics here, um, and uh, for the for the readers, if you actually have the book, it's on page one hundred sixty four and sixty five. Uh, the title of it is called "100 References, Prophecies, and Fulfillments," um, and it's just kind of uh, this graphic that where you have all these lines that are weaving in and out of each other, connecting Old Testament prophecy to the New Testament prophecy, and so. As you look at this graphic um, as a whole, and podcasts are such awesome vehicles for this, <laughs> um, but uh, as you as you can imagine, or if you have the book, uh, you're looking at this graphic, um, at a glance, what you're going to see is that the life of Jesus is woven throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, that's what you're going to see right away because there's so many prophecies and I've only listed, um, you know, a hundred prophecies that are here. Uh, scholars may estimate there might be up to four to 500 different prophecies that were, uh, given and fulfilled about Jesus. So I've only listed a hundred that are here, but at a glance, you look at this, you see that that's what this is about. The life of Jesus is woven all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to communicate. But then the process goes down to, okay, what else can we teach through this? Um, and so then as you go deeper, you can start to see kind of the next level where the colors then represent, uh, you know, prophecies about Christ's birth, Christ's ministry, Christ's death and resurrection. Um, and then you can go even deeper and examine the individual references as well. Um, so the best graphics will, like, like Tim said, give you a, you know, give you a truth on, on the surface, but then allow you to dive deeper and continue to learn. Um, so that's really the, the content process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the, the design and the graphical process will come along with that. Uh, and hopefully they, they match up well. And, um, you know, sometimes I get lucky and it comes real quickly. Mm-hmm. Other times it's a, it's a struggle. And, uh, you know, there's been times where I've spent, you know, weeks on a single graphic mm-hmm. um, trying just to refine it and get it right. Um, but uh, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the process in a, in a little bit of a nutshell. Yeah, no, that, that graphic you described is, is amazing. I mean, it just, <laughs> I think of the, the time alone. I mean, it just seems like to, to have all of those scripture references, but then how you tie them together and you, you're talking about the, the colors as well uh, that help differentiate the, the specifics of that. And I, and I was thinking of a, a graphic too that really stuck out to me. And it's, I think on page 32 through 34 in the book. And you asked the question, you know, has the Bible really been preserved for us today? And you lay out the visuals of, you know, that, and, and really it's, it's dots, um, but the, the number of existing New Testament manuscripts uh, compared, I mean, I think Hummer's Iliad is, is one that's on that, that page, and you see all of the dots of the New Testament manuscripts that we have, and I think, it, you know, it's, let me see, 23,769. Um, and to see that visually laid out, I mean, we can hear that number, we can know it's big, we can, but to see it um, is such an encouragement. Uh, yeah, so just right. so many graphics like that that are um, helpful. 
Uh, look, I wanted to put you guys on the spot a minute. I told you guys before recording I was going to give you a little Bible quiz. Um, so, so the two of you can work together. Um, but, but your your book, as you, you kind of said, it's divided into three sections. Uh, the, the first section is trusting the Bible. The second part is studying the Bible. The third part is seeing the Bible. And in the, the opening chapter, you're answering the question, what is the Bible? And uh, you have a graphic in there that breaks down, you know, the, the genres, the audience, the languages, the most used words, which is just so interesting, all of this that you had in there. But you also have author contribution. And so I just want to see off the top of your head, who are the top three authors who contributed to the Bible? That is, which three authors wrote more of the Bible than any other? And you cannot say God, obviously, because he wrote it all. So the top three authors, do you all know off the top of your heads? I would say Moses. Luke would be another one. Did did we lose Tim? Um, is might have lost him. You got me. Is Tim there? There we go, sir. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I broke up. I didn't know if you jumped the shit up when we started asking the question. Got it. <laughs> now, so Moses has got to be there. He Moses wrote. is there, um, and I, I want to say Luke. I don't know if Luke is correct. Um, but I think uh, I think Jeremiah actually. That's that's kind of a tricky one. I think Jeremiah is in there, and yeah. I can't remember if Luke is three or four. Okay. Well, no, look. <laughs> yeah, I go ahead, Tim. Sorry, you were talking. I, I think most people would think Paul, and I assume you're talking about quantity of words. It depends how you want to uh, to divide this up, but I don't think it would be Paul in terms of the actual quantity of words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Moses, Jeremiah, and uh, I guess Luke. Okay, and part of the reason I ask you that is because I, I got this wrong, and I'm pretty sure everyone out there would be uh, surprised. It's Moses, Jeremiah, and then Ezra. Yeah. Ezra. Yeah, and and so Luke is right there, is no, is number four. Um, okay, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, I I was wondering if that was yeah, going to be and, correct. And then that. Paul's Paul's right after him. Um, but my wife was actually looking at this this morning. And she said, Ezra is number three. 9% of the Bible was written by Ezra. And I forgot, you know, Ezra, First and Second Chronicles. Uh, and you just think of how dense those, those books are. Um, but anyway, that, that was, yeah, that was surprising. And it's just that graphic alone, again, it's just interesting uh, to look at and to um, reflect on that. And so, look, as I said, we, we you know, struggled to, to have Ezra uh, as, as the right answer. Was there other truth that surprised the two of you that, you know, as you worked on this visual theology guide to the Bible, was there something that shocked you in the, the research that you were uh, going through? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything shocking per se. I, I think one of the things, I don't know if I wouldn't say it was shocking, um, but uh, on I think it's, it's page 48 and 49. Again, we're kind of talking about some of the, uh, the canonicity of, of, uh, of the books. But um, I think one of the things that I, you know, that would maybe, maybe shock most people um, is the fact that the, the New Testament canon was, fair, was established fairly early and wasn't really disputed all that much. Um, there, there were, you know, and especially with the... Um, with the extra canonical books and letters and things like that. Um, uh, All the research that I did into that really seemed to point to the fact that there really wasn't a ton of debate. Sure. There was a little bit of debate, um, but you know, the canon was, was pretty firmly established um, 
fairly early on. And I think that would probably surprise uh, most people. Um, uh, it was a little bit of a surprise for me um, to uh, to look at that. So, I might throw out there, um, this is maybe not quite what you're asking, but I think there's that graphic you did, Josh, about how much television people watch. Mm-hmm. Comparing yeah. that to how little Bible reading it would t- or people do uh, in comparison, and yeah. just trying to show here's how much Bible you could read if you just took away a little bit of your uh, Netflix time. So yep. uh, I think we could put that in the shocking category or surprising category. Mm. Nah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up. It is, again, there's just something about the visuals to see. And I, if I'm not mistaken, you had little bitty televisions, um, you know, by the, the hours that most people watch. And, um, right. yeah, and so, yeah, that's, that's a good one to bring up, which I should have said thank you to for, for doing the Bible quiz. I know that put you uh, too on the spot. <laughs> um, but yeah, just again, some, some interesting information. And, and if I'm not mistaken, don't you have some supplemental material that goes along with this book, like posters or, or, or something like that? Is that? Am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, we have um, you know a lot of other material that, that goes along with it. You know, I, the main goal behind this book is you know we want people obviously to read it and to learn from it, but it's it was also really designed to be taught. Um, and from the very beginning, that was that was kind of my goal. Um, the, one of the genesis of this books came out of uh, a class that I teach at our church called Starting Point, and uh, we use various materials for for this class. Um, but I had always supplemented it with my own. And, you know, some of the materials that we've been using, um, I was discovering didn't start early enough. And what, what I mean by that is that they would try to, they would go through and start explaining the Bible, but it was always with the assumption that people, first of all, knew what the Bible was. Mm -hmm. And second of all, that they had a basic trust and knowledge of the Bible. And what I was finding when we would have, uh, you know, people come into our church that were either new believers or, uh, you know, weren't believers at all, is that they didn't grow up going to church. They didn't have this basic knowledge. They didn't even know the basic stories. I mean, things that we would take for granted, like Noah and the ark, they had no clue. Um, and so they're coming to they're coming to the Bible with literally no knowledge at all. And then because of that, there's not a built-in trust that's there. In fact, it actually goes the opposite direction, where there's actually a mistrust of the Bible from you know, whether it's from popular culture or from, you know, resurgence of the new atheism or whatever it is. And so I was finding that I had to combat that first before we could even dive into, you know, exactly what the Bible said a lot of times. And so one of the things that I wanted to do with this book is to make sure that we talked about those things. And then we were able to show, uh, you know, who Jesus is. And so from the very beginning, the idea behind this was to teach it. And so when we were developing it, that was those things were kept in mind. And so we do have a lot of other resources. We've got a workbook. Uh, we've got slides. Uh, we've got teacher's guides. We've got handouts. Um, those are all available at visualtheology.church um, in a variety of uh, packages that you can, you can download. Um, but, yeah, we, we want this to get out there. We want it to be taught. Um, you know, I, I personally think it's a great resource. We've had um, a lot of youth pastors contact us um, and uh, you know say how thankful they are that, for this particular resource. Um, it's been given as graduation gifts, and uh, I, I think it's just it, it's designed to be taught. And I, I really think it's going to be a, a really useful tool 
um, you know, to the church as a whole, but I really do think to student ministries in particular, they're going to really like this and find this useful. Absolutely. And that's really how this interview was set up. Since I teach a 10th grade Bible class, um, we were actually teaching through observation, interpretation, application, and you have a section, you know, in your book that, that deals with that. And so we were hoping to make that work out to where the class could participate in this interview, but just schedules uh, didn't line up. Um, I, I wanted to go back at something, Josh, you mentioned just screens and, and, you know, Tim, yeah. I know you've obviously done a lot of thinking in this and your book, The Next Story. Uh, you've uh, thought a lot about just, um, yeah, the, the thoughts of screens and smartphones and the Internet, everything. Um, have you, have the two of you received any pushback on this concept of visual theology? Those who can, you know, maybe be a little apprehensive about, you know, Generation Z and the iGen generation of just being more of a visual based, um, you know, culture in a sense. Is there any kind of pushback you, you've received on, on this concept? And then kind of how would you like to respond to that? Nothing occurs to me, really. I think people generally, at least the ones I've interacted with, have responded uh, pretty positively to it. And if we were doing only images, I think that would be a different story. As it is, the book is still heavily word-driven. Um, so I, I think we're adding to the words. We're not taking away from them right. in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I think it's funny because I think the only times that that's ever been brought up is just in in questions that people like in interview questions say, have you gotten pushback? <laughs> Not really. And I think the reason for that is, is because people are learning. Um, people are visual learners. And so when they see this stuff, it doesn't matter how uh, old you are, how young you are. Uh, the visuals transcend, I, th- I think, age, uh, demographics um, in a lot of ways, and, and they just teach. Um, and so, when, when we say that God has designed us to be visual learners, I, I absolutely mean that. Um, and I, I think that, that that truth is spelling itself out. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we have not gotten pushback, because people are learning. This is how people learn. Um, and we've not made it, I think, an end all, like Tim said. Um, you know, we, we, we understand that you can't just have an abstract graphic that's there. It has to have something along with it to help you understand it. Uh, you know, there might be a few that are out there where you just look at an image and you just get it. But I think the best ones are going to combine those two aspects. Um, you know, there are strengths in words and there are strengths in images. And I think one of the reasons why the internet infographic has become so uh, immersive in our culture and why it's become so important is because it blends those two strengths together. You're able to have precision in words, but then you're also to have emotion in the images. And when you do both of those things well, and you combine them, it makes for a very powerful teaching medium. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are responding to. Yeah, definitely. And just to echo what you all said is um, studying the images, uh, that, that your images uh, you know, so often we can think of just images on the internet and how we can just like pictures left and right and we're just scrolling through things. But visual theology, it is meant to be studied and that there is depth to the images and the graphics that uh, you've put together. And, you know, as you begin to look at them, you begin to notice other aspects, uh, you know, about them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it has been yeah, just such a helpful 
um, resource. And, and yeah, I mean, just with this uh, generation, the iGen generation and below, uh, just using uh, these visuals to, to help them grasp theology is such a, a helpful uh, concept. Um, I, I know we're going to start wrapping this up before too long. I wanted to full disclosure and say that I have not read all of a visual uh, theology guide to the Bible, but I've got a good excuse. Um, and, and this is meant for encouragement to you guys. Uh, when, when I came back from TGC's national conference, actually, I bought um, this book and, and got my free t-shirt, by the way, uh, that went along with it, which I'm sure, Josh, you designed that, that uh, shirt. Yeah. yeah. And um, I began looking at your book at home, and then my 11-year-old and 9-year-old just began picking it up and were just so interested in the graphics and what they were communicating. Well, mm-hmm. my nine-year-old Samuel ended up basically stealing the book from me. <laughs> and he's That's he's cool. actually on page 181 in this book. He's got, I think, about mm-hmm. 20 pages left. And I mean, he's read through it and he's, you know, benefited from the graphics. He'll come up and tell me something and show me something. And so I said, look, okay, I knew I needed to prepare for this, this podcast, but you've got the book. So you come up with some questions for me. Um, so look, I've got (laughs) six questions uh, from Samuel that we were, uh, I was going to work through and I didn't alter these in any way. These are unaltered how he asked them. And so I thought, I thought you guys might get, uh, we can close out answering these. Um, the first is, and we've kind of hit on some of this, but what made you think of writing this book? That was his first question. Um, it was, it was kind of a, like, like I, I mentioned before, um, I think we wanted to write this book again to continue to teach through visuals. Uh, but then for me specifically, um, it was a way that I could teach new people in our church about the Bible. So I wanted them to trust it. I want them to understand it. And most of all, I want them to see Jesus in it. So that was, that was my goal, at least, um, in writing the book, um, Tim, I don't know if you have anything else. I agree with what Josh says. I would just want to add to it that the the reason we wrote this book visually is because, you know, visual theology book is we thought some people might pick up this book because of the pictures, because of the graphics, because of the colors, who would not be interested in the non-picture version of it. And so we know that by making the book look attractive and by adding that visual language, people like your son may pick it up where they otherwise may not have that same interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another question he asks is what chapter is your favorite? So favorite chapter. It's like asking me which one of my kids is my favorite. (laughs) Um, boy, I, I think for me, it's the, it's the chapter on, can we trust the Bible? Um, that's been a, that's been a passion of mine for the last few years. Um, and I think, you know, I, you know, for, for me, I grew up in the church and so I've grown up with, you know, this cloud of belief in some ways over me, my entire life, you know, I've, you know, some people would say, well, I've always believed and I know that's not true. Um, but you know, I've been in church since I was a fetus and, you know, I think for me, you know, asking some of these hard questions, you know, there was, it was never, a, it was never a, you know, a doubt in my mind that maybe the, those th- these things weren't true, but then I started to see that people didn't believe this. And so I, I think for me, going back and understanding exactly why I believe what I believe um, is, is important. And this has kind of been a journey I've been on for you know, maybe the last you know, five to 10 years, um, really trying to understand exactly why I believe the foundations behind it. And then 
getting into, you know, some of the ancillary uh, areas like philosophy and, you know, how that's been a, a, a big impact. And so I think for me personally, um, that's, a, that's a favorite topic of mine. And so to be able to put this in a book where it fits and then to be able to do graphics for it, uh, that was that was a lot of fun for me. I might go with the coming of Jesus just as you read through the Bible. If you're reading the Old Testament properly, you just want Jesus to come. You see all these pointers toward him. You see this desperate need people have. And it's just so satisfying when Jesus at last comes. Good. And he also asked, how long did it take you to write the book? Three years total. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think we, I think we 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 started on it. Uh, I mean, at least in in concept and theory, as soon as the last one ended. Um, but I mean, in actual in actuality, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, probably. I think I think the whole process was about three years. Wow. Okay. And then he asked, "Where did you find the information?" Uh, so just you know, rephrase. I mean, what were some of the primary sources you were using? Obviously, we know the Bible. Um, but some other sources? Um, yeah, some of them are footnoted, especially in the the early parts, um, as you're, the, the how is the Bible written, what is the Bible, all of that. So we relied on pretty standard systematic theologies, other books uh, about the Bible. And then as we got into the uh, Bible itself, it was more just reading and rereading than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, this one's not trying to guilt trip you guys or, or shame you guys but i think this came from the graphic about how much tv we watch <laughs> and because i remember <laughs> i remember him bringing this over to, to show me but he asked how long do you read the bible each day <laughs> so i i typically try and start my day um you know i've i've been actually been on kind of a, a kick recently i'm really trying to refine my schedule because uh, as uh as one of those artist types, um, schedule and me don't work out too well, but, uh, when you have four kids and uh, you're trying to get projects done, uh, you need to discipline yourself a little bit more. So I've tried to regiment my schedule a lot, try to get to bed, um, around 11 PM every night and I'm getting up at 5 AM every morning. So, uh, on my schedule and doesn't always work out like this, but, uh, I, I try and get up, I make a, make some coffee and, uh, then I'm reading from about 5 AM or so to, you know, five forty-five, six, six o'clock, and that's just that's personally for mm-hmm. me. Um, and then, you know, obviously, as I'm doing projects and things like this and teaching, I'm, I'm reading throughout the rest of the day as well. So, but personally, uh, you know, thirty to forty-five minutes is is kind of where uh, what I've I've set aside in the mornings for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, that would be roughly similar. That would include prayer as well. So. Um, but I return to the Bible several times through the course of the day. So, uh, I don't really, I'm not really that bothered by quantity. That doesn't really, um, jump out to me. It's more just making sure I'm in the word day by day and, uh, thinking about its truths and living out its truths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was Kevin DeYoung. He said, when you start to ask people about their prayer life and Bible reading, they begin to feel guilty very quickly, <laughs> but, 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 it, but, but it can be an encouragement, you know, to hear how other people try to, you know, schedule their time and think through that and prioritize it. So that can be, that can be helpful. Um, the last thing that he asks is what is your favorite piece of information that you wrote? And this might get into your uh, favorite chapter that he asked, but what is your favorite piece of information that you wrote? Maybe if you just, 
zoom in on one specific graphic or one specific truth? <laughs> oh boy. I, so, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say one here. And again, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to choose, but I, I think maybe one of my favorites, if, I, if I'm going to pick an overall favorite, it might just be the, the, the Jesus cover to cover graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually, I think the very first one that came up with in this book. Um, I'd actually flown out to Toronto to, to meet with Tim. Um, we've really actually met in person, I think, you know, a handful of times. Uh, and so this is one of them though, uh, just to kind of get some face time to talk through some ideas. And, uh, this graphic actually was kind of the very, the Genesis, um, of, of this book. And, uh, I think it was the very first one that, uh, that we produced and it wasn't exactly in this form, but it was, it was pretty close. Um, but the idea that Jesus is present throughout the entire Bible, um, you know, I, I think growing up for me, that's not something that I ever really thought about. I probably knew that, but, you know, learning that the story of the Bible is about Jesus, that's, that, that was, that was new to me in a lot of ways. Um, and not, not just in this book, um, but, you know, as, as I've matured and, and grown. And so I think that one stands out to me as maybe one of my favorites, uh, very special, uh, because I think it encapsulates the entire message of what we're trying to do here. For me, I think it would be, um, as I read and reread it, I think it's the, the parts where I summarize the contents of the Bible. So I love reading the Bible, obviously, but there's something about trying to distill it down. You just get to write these grand statements about what the Bible contains and what the Bible is. And as I was uh, rereading recently, I really enjoyed some of those parts. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh and Tim, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know you have a lot on your plate, so I appreciate you uh, carving this time out uh, to come on the podcast. I know the two of you travel a good bit and you have families, and um, it means a lot that you would come on and take the time to uh, talk about this. Uh, Your book, again, A Visual Theology Guide to the Bible, Seeing and Knowing God's Word. It's available through Zondervan. You can pick that up at Amazon and other places. Uh, Josh and Tim, thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.